Hey, this episode today is brought by my company, Stonehill Wealth Management, a registered investment advisory firm. And I'm doing this because a lot of people I found hire financial advisors for the wrong reason. They first reason that's wrong is they want to find an advisor that's going to help them pick the best investments. And I use best in air quotes. They think that they need to find some advisor who has the ability to pick superior stocks or superior mutual funds or superior ETFs or can get them into the best private equity deals or, you know, just investments in general. They want to find an advisor that could help them get the best. The problem with that is if, if you want to find an advisor who's the best, let's, let's give a really big um, example of what I mean. Let's say you want to find the advisor who's like the next Warren Buffett. The problem is it's hard, right? There's thousands and thousands of financial advisors out there. And the probability of you finding uh, the next Warren Buffett is uh, difficult, right? And even if you think you have the, the gap between finding them and then knowing you finding them, which means they deliver the, term, the returns that you know you're right, is a long time. You gotta, if you find Warren Buffett, you actually have to stick with them. And so that's, that's extremely difficult um, to do. And, and when you look at what actually generates the majority of the returns, it's not actually, you don't actually have to find a superior investment manager um, or financial advisor to get the returns that you need to reach uh, your goal, right? See, asset allocation or which assets you own uh, dictate, um, based on history, the returns you get over time. Meaning, a lot of Warren Buffett returns came from him investing in uh, really cheap companies, what you call value stocks. And if you look at, if you break stocks into all the different components that you can break them into, and let me let me kind of start first with, you know, if you look at cash versus bonds versus stocks and you look at different periods of returns, you'll find that stocks consistently over, over time outperform bonds and cash. People are like, most, most folks are like, yeah, that makes sense. And so if you got two portfolios and you look over a long period of time and one portfolio has more stocks than bonds and cash, then moving forward, you can say, all right, based on history, it makes sense that stocks are very likely gonna outperform bonds and cash, right? Then you might dissect it a little further and you might go, okay, um, stocks that are relatively cheaper than, than stocks um, that are m- more expensive, you know, over the long term uh, do better, right? So that, that might be some, some, looking at something like value versus growth, right? Value stocks, which are t- you know, typically cheaper, boring, unloved companies um, over time have done better um, um, than the average stock in the stock market and stocks that are more uh, expensive. And there's all kinds of studies, look at all kinds of time frames and, and look at that, but that's, that's just math, right? Then you look at small value, you know, small companies um, that are value stocks have done in a lot of tests over long periods of time, you know, provided a phenomenal rate of return because that's the most unloved. They're small, they, they haven't grown a whole lot uh, and, and they're cheap, right? So you got all these baskets you can carve stocks into. Um, you know, you look at, um, 
periods of time. So everything goes in cycles. There's periods of time where um, technology stocks do really, really well because they are priced uh, cheap relative to where they've been. Um, and so they tend to be the best outperformers. Here's my point. You don't need to find an advisor who can pick the best investments if they understand asset allocation or, or what asset classes perform uh, well um, over time. And, and once you tell them your goals, your time frame, you know, how much up and down you're willing to take, which is called volatility, they're able to create a portfolio specifically for you that has a high probability of reaching the return you need um, to reach your goal. And I'm going to touch on this a little bit further in, in one of the other uh, reasons, but that's, you don't need to find an advisor that can pick the best investments. Just find one that understands what's called asset allocation and how to put together a portfolio with a high probability of generating the returns you need um, to reach your goals. Second is timing the market. A lot of people believe I have to find a financial advisor that's going to be able to tell me when, when's the right time to invest in the stock market, when it's quote unquote safe and help find an advisor that's going to help me uh, know when to avoid a market downturn. And again, A, I've never met anybody who's consistently done that. And I've read lots of books on very, very successful investors. And none of, none of the ones that are the greats that we all consider has said that they can time the market consistently. And so I don't know where that advisor is. Um, and, and you don't have to. Going back to what I was saying before on asset allocation, right? The importance of paying attention to what, what we call relative value or what is what is cheap. And let me sit on what's cheap for a minute. When, when you get deep into stocks and valuations, you get to a point to where you understand, hey, you know, this company, if I spent, you know, if I, if I pay, you know, um, X amount for this company, I'm paying, you know, this company gives me more earnings than if I paid the same amount for this company. And, you know, all things being equal, um, more is better, right? If you expect companies to grow the same over time, um, and you're getting paid more earnings for one than the other, you know, then in general, right, the more earnings you get paid, the better. And I'm over super simplifying it. But the point is, when you get to the nitty gritty, you can you can look at valuation. Um, when I was talking before about, you know, s small value um, versus large value and value stocks in a previous asset allocation example. The point is, value is how you um, put yourself in a position to be, be in the stocks at the appropriate time. Now, what, I mean, what do I mean by that? Let me give like a specific example of valuation. So in, in, in the late 90s, right, 1998, 99, you had investors like Warren Buffett who saw that technology stocks were way too expensive and that things like, you know, um, international stocks, emerging market stocks, stocks that were tied to commodities were selling really, really cheaply, right? So cheaply that if they bought them and held them and history repeated themselves, there was a high probability that they would earn a, you know, above average return, you know, over the next long period of time, let's say seven to 10 years. And so, but what, what the way it played out was because they were paying attention to value, they were early. So Warren Buffett underperformed the stock market for a few years and looked like a dummy because he just stuck with valuation. But when stuff hit the fan uh, and, and the market blew up, uh, he looked smart you know, you know, in the early 2000s, right? So it wasn't him timing the market. It was him just pay attention to common sense and saying, 
hey, it doesn't really make sense to buy into companies that aren't making money or that uh, have to earn a ridiculous rate of return over the next 10 years to make what you pay for that company uh, make sense. And so having an advisor that understands uh, valuation, right, and pays attention to not buying what's hot, but buying what has great value, which is what we do in general. Like when you're buying a house, you don't buy a house, you know, that's expensive for the sake of buying it expensive. You want to buy a good value. You want to look at all the other choices out there that have what you want and, and buy with value. Same way you purchase uh, clothes, same way you purchase food. You know, you want to buy all things being equal cheaper rather than not. The problem with investing is people want to buy what's sexy. You know, everybody right now is asking me for about cannabis stocks without pension and evaluation and aren't understanding the, um, opportunity right now in energy stocks and in stocks of companies and countries that are heavily tied to um, commodity prices. Those are really relatively cheap um, right now. And so valuation matters. You don't have to time the market, but you want to find an advisor that understands valuation because what that does is not necessarily, it's not a guarantee to, in, you know, get you superior rates of return, but it helps you um, reduce the probability of having, um, uh, what you call a lost decade, right? So people had a lost decade from 2000 to 2009. Lost decade meaning you basically earn no money on your portfolio um, over that period of time because a lot of folks that were invested in U.S. stocks that was dominated by tech in 2000, those got too expensive to where when things repriced, you know, it took seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years or longer in some cases for it to get back uh, where it was from a valuation standpoint. But if you were smart and you bought relatively cheap stocks, um, you, you, you missed that last decade. I know I'm going really, really nerd, but some folks are following what I'm saying. And my point is you don't need time to market. You just need to have a portfolio that's allocated appropriately, asset allocation based on your goals. And then you need to not get overexposed to stuff that's super expensive. Um, the next reason you don't need to hire a financial advisor is to, um, make you wealthy. I don't, I've never seen anybody on Forbes 400 list <laughs> that got there because their financial advisor uh, gave them some great stock deals. What you can break um, money making opportunities into, into two different buckets, right? I have two mental buckets. I have home run buckets and then I have diversified aggressive bucket. My home run bucket are things like, um, you know, a business or you doing your own real estate deals? Are you buying other companies private? These are things that you're putting your sweat equity to and, and your money into to earn crazy returns because you're marrying your time with your money. Investing in the stock market or mutual funds is passive. And if you're getting a financial advisor to do that, the reason why I see people uh, do that is to have their money grow consistently over time, right? Something that's going to earn better than cash. But is diversified enough in a way to where you're not going to make a killing in the short term, but you're not going to get killed, right? You're, you're just saying basically at this age, based on what I can put away every single month, I want to be financially independent so that if my home run opportunities don't work out, or if I don't want to go that route, I have some money stored up over here. That's some sort of a backup plan. Or if you don't have home, home run opportunities, they are the priority plan. But wealthy people invest with financial advisors, um, but, it's, but the financial advisor is not 
who made them wealthy. They became wealthy through a business. And I've definitely seen people who have become financially independent over time by a consistent investing plan with their financial advisor. You know, but I want to make the distinction between the two because some people say, hey, you know, I want to hire this financial advisor so they can make me this stupid amount of money in the short term. Like, man, that doesn't, that's not what, what a financial advisor does. We are, in my opinion, the people that help you build a consistent amount of money outside of what you might do through business um, over time. And, and it's, it's, it's more of a conservative proposition than what most people think a financial advisor does for clients because of being, you know, spreading clients out and making them diversified. Once you manage money for other people, you, you want to do things in a way where you're not, in my opinion, taking home runs with their money. You, you want it to be there in the future and you want to be able to look them in the eye and say, what I've done for you is prudent. You know, what I've done for you may not be the thing that's going to make the most money that you potentially can over time, but it's going to help you make the return you need to reach your financial goals. And, and with a high degree of confidence, it's going to be there because we've spread your money out so much and we've been prudent in how we invest. Um, last reason you should not hire a financial advisor is to help you beat the market. A lot of people are, you know, they'll say, Hey, what's, what's your track record, you know, or, um, let me look at what this advisor has done over the last five years, 10 years. And I'm always like, Hey, it really doesn't matter. Cause you know, advisor might have hundred different clients, each client with a different goal, different time frame, uh, different risk tolerance. And that's going to dictate the return they make. Cause going back to asset allocation, you know, if you have a client that's conservative and is 10 years away from retirement, they're probably going to have more bonds than the 25 year old that's far away from retirement, which means over a long period of time, 25 year old is very likely going to earn more money because they're, they're going to have more stocks um, than the conservative one, right? And the stocks, the asset mix is what's going to dictate the return, not uh, an advisor picking superior investments or time in the market, uh, as I mentioned uh, in the previous um, two. And, and as a matter of fact, many investors underperform their own investments. All these mutual funds do a study. I've read tons of them, but you can just Google that phrase, why investors underperform their own investments. And you'll see tons of data that shows, um, you know, investors might get a strategy, but then when things get tough, they bail out, uh, which is like the wrong thing you should do. Like when the market's going down, it's almost always a good idea, you know, historically to have continued to buy. And then, investors also chase what's hot, right? They chase what's hot. They chase what made money of the last year or three years or five years, which is expensive. And going back to my conversation about valuation, when you buy what's expensive, it, you know, it's typically not the best idea. You probably, if you could mentally want to do the exact opposite and buy what's not sexy, um, which is what value investors like Warren Buffett and Carl Icahn do and just be patient uh, and wait. And so since it's not natural for people to do that, just like, people hire a personal trainer because we don't naturally want to work out as hard as we can for an hour or they hire dietitians because we don't naturally want to eat healthy, right? They put accountability in their life to do things that's hard to do emotionally. And that's what a financial advisor does. A financial advisor says, Hey, here, I know your plan. I know your goals. I know the right asset allocation mix. So hire me to like a robot, 
you know, manage the portfolio in a way that's best for you long term. So we're going to be buying stuff that you don't really want to buy. Um, and we're going to be selling the stuff that you're super excited about um, through rebalancing um, and doing it consistently over time. When we show up every single year, make sure if your plan changes, that we adjust your plan, make sure that you're adding enough money and doing the hard things to save your to save money consistently. But it's more accountability than finding this rocket science, um, you know, rocket science genius of the stock market. Financial advisors, in my opinion, the value is accountability. Just like I would bet on somebody who had a personal trainer and a dietitian being in better health than somebody who didn't. Same with somebody reaching their financial goals. If you have a financial advisor uh, that you have on your team and that you hired, um, it's very likely that you won't be like a lot of investors and underperform your own investments because you're going to have somebody to talk to in the scary bad times, or you'll have somebody to bounce ideas off of when your friends are bringing you crazy ideas um, so that you won't quote unquote miss the opportunity of things like cannabis stocks or Bitcoin or whatever the sexy thing uh, of the day is. Um, now, one thing I will admit is it's hard to trust an accountability partner if they get paid a commission for selling products from a mutual fund or insurance company, which is why what you want to do is find a fiduciary. Find somebody who is not paid a commission or paid a fee by you to, to be objective. Um, so the, the companies that they recommend you buy or the funds they recommend you buy, they're not compensated by them, they're compensated by you as a fiduciary and they have a legal obligation to act in your best interest at all times. And so you'll find if you, you know, Google fiduciary or look at, you know, how a lot of the wealth people that I've met invest, they find fiduciaries and they don't like to work with people who are selling products for a commission because there's a huge conflict of interest. That's what Stonehill Wealth Management is. We are a registered investment advisory firm, which means we're a fiduciary. Um, people work with um, CPAs and pay a fee to it. People work with attorneys and pay a fee to it to get objectivity consultants. Um, a lot of folks are finding it, it just makes sense to hire a fiduciary so you can get clear objective advice because let's face it, the investment game is also becoming a lot more complex and all the different options you have. It's real easy to get in, into a high expense product without knowing because you were sold it or a product that may not be appropriate for you because it paid the other person super high commissions. And when you figure it out and you want to unwind it, it costs you a lot of money. And so a fiduciary is a good way to have an objective um, financial partner to help you reach your long-term financial goals. Now, um, the reason why I am sponsoring this episode today is to offer the financial checkup. So if you go to my website, stonehillwealthmanagement.com, click on the financial checkup tab, that's where I will meet with um, somebody, review their investments, talk to talk about their goals, there's no charge, and let and then give them let them know what I would do if I were in their situation uh, with their investments. It's no charge, no cost um, to have the consultation. And if the person likes the information they have, we can discuss what it costs to hire my firm, because that depends on asset levels and complexity uh, of the financial situation. But I wanted to do this podcast to offer that. Sometimes um, the person I'm talking to is not a fit for my firm. Um, they may, there may be a simpler, lower cost option and I'll let them know. Um, but what I really wanna do is help people, if they're gonna work with somebody, even if it's not my firm, work with a fiduciary, right? Work with a fiduciary. Don't work with people who are selling investments on a commission, in my opinion. That's 
and I'm not just telling you that because this is what I do. I mean, literally my wife and my mother knows if anything happens to me, work with a fiduciary, like work with a fiduciary is super important. It's not that they're better people. It's just that human beings are human beings. If, if you got bills to pay and, um, you know, this company over here will pay you a lot more to sell their products and it may not be in the, may not be the best option for your clients. You may have that temptation, you know, we're all human. And so a fiduciary, um, gives you one more step, um, where that limitation is not going to be, or that has that, um, temptation is not going to be there, uh, uh, for your advisor. And by the way, when you go fiduciary, you can basically eliminate the majority of the advisors in the marketplace and narrow your search to, um, a small pool of people that you get to interview to find the fiduciary that you and your family feel most comfortable with. This is meant to be for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Y'all enjoy your day.